Welcome to Steamy Stories. This daily podcast features the best developing authors of love stories, along with exotic journals of passionate and explicit human interaction. Our curators have selected stories each day, bringing a diverse collection of storylines. Some are historic, some are futuristic, but they all relate to the human quest of physical and emotional desires for sexual expression. We delve into the youthful discovery of sexuality. We chronicle the vast expressions of healthy affection and sex drive. We feature the creative ways that real people overcome life's adversities and limitations and still find sexual fulfillment. And we celebrate the successes of people who restore losses in their love life and go on living in a pleasurable and generous way. Balanced sexuality is essential to healthcare for body, soul, and spirit. Subscribe to Steamy Stories podcast in your mobile apps and browsers. And now, today's story. Santa Claus Sex Addict, Part 5. How Mary Kringle Replaced Chris with a Set of Dildos and Her Elf Girlfriends. By C.B. Summers. Listen to the podcast at Steamy Stories. Things really started changing quickly after that. For one thing, Mary moved out of her apartment to be nearer the test room and the small sex toy manufacturing facility she was setting up. I hardly saw her anymore. I resisted the urge to go to the viewing room that week, for fear of dallying with Snowbell again or some other adorable elf. There was something in the air on the factory floor, a buzz of excitement. Wherever I went, I saw elves smiling up at me and whispering to each other. I figured they were talking about the new clothing Mary was designing. But I worried that they knew what Mary and I had done with Snowbell and the other elves, it was too horrible to contemplate. Whatever it was, I found their ancient eyes on me unnerving. I had at least one reason to suspect our dalliance had gotten out, my loyal secretary Blizzard, who'd been my assistant for 85 years, suddenly started flirting with me. At first I didn't realize what she was doing, but eventually I noticed that she'd left her frumpy striped blouse unbuttoned a bit too far. She bent over a few times, and I saw the top of her cleavage to the lacy top of her little elf bra. Then I noticed she wasn't wearing the red and green striped hose I made the female elves wear. She was showing me her bare powder blue legs for the first time ever, and I was shocked by how shapely they were. Blizzard, who was named for her snowy white skin, had always taken care of me. I'd always considered her a mother figure. But now. When I asked her to take a letter, she sat and crossed her luscious legs, slowly, so as to give me a glimpse of her little elf panties. Then, as I dictated, she looked at me intently over the top of her glasses, and every once in a while she'd slowly lick her lips. It was a seductive expression if I ever saw one. All at once I realized the implication of what was going on. She would do anything I wanted. Anything. No questions asked. Any of the elves would. It was pure, unadulterated temptation. I had no idea how I was going to resist. But I held out as long as I could. Every day I fought off the urge to go to the viewing room. But after the eighth day, Snowbell sent me a message saying that Mary was running the last test today. If I was interested in watching, this would be my last opportunity. That pushed me over the edge. Snowbell wanted me to come. Snowbell wanted me to come. I couldn't resist, but I made up my mind not to do anything naughty. I wanted to be true to Mary, as I was sure she was trying to do too. So as I walked to the viewing room at the appointed time, I was determined to tell Snowbell to leave, and I would lock the door behind her. I wanted to masturbate alone, 
watching my naked wife play with sex toys, like a normal husband. When I entered the viewing room, my plan went up in smoke. Snowbell was waiting for me, wearing a thin, see-through, pale blue teddy. I could see her dark blue nipples through the snowflake pattern. I forgot all about my plan. Glad tidings, Santa. I'm so happy you're back. She was glittering with happiness. Here, have a seat. The test hasn't started yet. I sat on the couch. Snowbell stood nearby, just looking at me, beaming with happiness. It was a good thing I'd worn baggy pants, because my cock was already growing just looking at her amazing little body. How are you today, Snowbell? Wonderful, Santa, now that you're here. I was so worried you wouldn't come. I've missed you. Really? I asked. I had so much fun last time. I've told all the elves about it. Christmas crackers. You shouldn't have. I snapped, even though I'd suspected as much. She put her delicate hands to her mouth, and her eyes filled with tears, oh. Santa, was I naughty? Elves are ancient and wise, but quite emotional sometimes. I hated the look of despair on her face, so I put my hand on her little shoulder and said, no, it's okay, I'm just, shy, I guess. She smiled again, glad I wasn't angry. Well, Santa, you have no reason to be shy. Elves aren't. We only wear clothes because you want us to. In our homes, we take everything off, well, not everything. Sometimes we like to wear things that make us look sexy. Really? I didn't know that. I had to admit. No, of course not Santa. You told us not to talk about those sorts of things thousands of years ago. You thought we were naughty. No, I'd never think elves are naughty. I admitted. Really? That's good to know. She said, a mischievous gleam in her ancient elfin eyes. I crossed my legs to hide my growing erection and said, I was actually afraid you'd think I was naughty after, you know. After you anointed me? She giggled. Don't be silly Santa. I'd been anointed before. But that was the first time Santa anointed me. Everyone is so happy for me. Oh, you were so delicious. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I'm not the first? I asked. Of course not, silly. Elves anoint each other all the time. You, have sex too? She laughed, of course, Santa. All kinds, all the time. We play every night after closing time in the little houses you made for us. I'd always assumed those parties I heard were just, parties. But were they orgies? I've always considered elves pure goodness. If they had sex all the time, maybe having sex all the time was a good thing. She put her hands on my knee and leaned toward me, batting her elfin eyes, her breasts pushing up beautifully between her arms. How do you like it, she said, glancing down at her body. You're beautiful, Snowbell. She giggled, thank you Santa, but I didn't mean that. I meant what I'm wearing. She spun in a little circle. Mrs. Claus designed it. Is that, the new uniform? I asked with a gulp. No, not really. Mrs. Claus says there won't be uniforms anymore. She's designing a bunch of different things, shirts, robes, pants, and dresses. She says we get to wear whatever ones we want. I chose this one. It's my favorite. You can see my little nipples through it. She giggled as if that was so funny. Elf humor, I guess. I heard a jingling and looked down to see single little bell hanging from a little strap around her waist. It was dangling right in front of her perfect vagina and ringing playfully as she laughed. 
She looked amazing, but, was this the future? Would the factory be full of half-naked elves walking around looking like, this? I had to talk to Mary, about this whole concept. Just then, Mary entered the test room. She was wearing red lingerie. Holy, Blitzen. I'd given it to her as a Christmas gift in 1872, but she'd never worn it before. Somehow seeing her in that skimpy red lace shift, beaded with pearls, made her look even more erotic to me than when she was totally naked. Maybe I just have this thing for red and white, but whatever it was, she looked utterly amazing. Then it got even better. She reached up and removed whatever it was that held her hair up in that abominable bun, and her long Christmas red hair tumbled down her shoulders. I suddenly remembered why I fell in love with her. In the summer of 1702, I visited a remote Bavarian mountainside to collect the special syrup I'd been harvesting from the trees every year. I heard the beautiful echoing voice of someone singing a Christmas carol. Last UNS Fro UND Munter. Sane, to be precise, one of my favorites. I followed the sound and came across the most wonderful sight I'd ever seen. A pretty, red-headed Bavarian girl, standing with her back to me, a few feet out in the shallows of a clear mountain lake. She was wearing nothing but a loosely fitting red undergarment which the sun was shining through. I could see every detail of her silhouette, her long gorgeous legs, her curvaceous hips, and delicious buttocks. She'd already removed a big blowsy dress and had thrown it over a nearby stump. A moment after setting my eyes on her gorgeous figure, she reached up behind her head and undid her hair, with the intention of washing it. Her silken hair, which was the color of hollyberries, cascaded down over her shoulders, like a red waterfall. I fell in love with her. Right there. Right then. I stepped on a twig and she turned with a start. Her eyes grew wide. She knew who I was the second she saw me. Everyone knows Saint Nicholas in Bavaria. She was so surprised and in awe of me, she didn't notice that the front of her undergarment was wide open, and I could see her beautiful breasts as plain as day, illuminated magically by sunlight reflecting off the surface of the lake. I gulped, my eyes riveted to her perfect tits. They were about the same size as her head and had large, fawn-colored areolas decorated with tiny little nipples. As an added bonus, I could see the very top tuft of her beautiful red bush. RIP! My cock grew instantly hard, ripping upward through the leg of my pants, until it was pointed right at this lovely stranger. Her eyes opened even wider. That's not something you see every day. We just stared at each other for the longest time, not wanting this perfect moment to end. At just the right moment, I walked toward her, not bothering to cover my cock. She backed up a little almost slipping on a stone. She must have thought I was going to ravish her on the spot, but I wasn't that sort of man. I walked out into the shallow water, got down on one knee, and took her hands in mine. Marry me, I said. Yes, she replied. That's how we did it in the old days. None of this premarital sex stuff. You just saw a girl you fancied and you married her. Her parents were thrilled. Their last name was Christmas, which tells you that they were pretty big fans of yours truly. It just seemed like perfect symmetry that their daughter would grow up to marry Saint Nicholas. After the charming little wedding we boarded my sleigh. With the whole village cheering, we took off into the sky, heading north over the Bavarian Alps. Mary's long red hair was dancing about her head in the breeze. The little white flowers she'd braided in it were flying out, leaving a trail of petals falling earthward behind us. Her face was so happy, so young, so full of life. She excitedly asked me questions about the North Pole and insisted on calling me Saint Nicholas, even though I told her my real name was Chris Kringle. 
I didn't mind. It was charming. I felt a happy feeling that nothing in the world could buy. As we talked I grew more and more enchanted by her beautiful blushing face and flashing eyes. I had intended to bed her at the North Pole, but I couldn't wait any longer. The reindeer knew the way home, so I put down the reins and began to kiss Mary and touch her body, feeling the firmness of her large breasts for the first time. My cock was hard, but I'd strapped it down before the wedding, afraid it might misbehave during the ceremony. Mary ran her fingers along length of the hard log strapped to my thigh. My. St. Nicholas, how big you are. Would you like to see it, again? I asked her, breathless with lust. Yes, St. Nicholas, she said, shyly. She crouched in front of me and pulled off my boots, carefully putting them aside. Then she unhooked my suspenders. Then she unbuttoned my pants, tense with anticipation, and pulled them down, followed by my red and green striped boxers. She stopped for a moment to stare at my enormous cock. The strap holding it down was digging into my thigh. That looks painful. It is. Why don't you take it off for me? She kneeled and breathlessly unhooked the leather strap, her fingers brushing against my naked flesh thrillingly. She had to pull hard to unhook the belt, and when she did my cock popped up and bunked her on the chin so hard that she said, ow, and giggled. I chuckled alone, but our laughter died out as she began to study my ruddy penis with intense interest. It was probably the first one she'd ever seen. She probably didn't know that it was unusually large, but she was impressed nonetheless. She began to touch it tenderly with her exquisite fingers. She ran her hands delicately around and around, then circling under my balls and feeling the weight of them in her hands. I was utterly transfixed by the sensation. Then she bent over and kissed the head of my cock with her beautiful lips. I was so excited. No woman had ever seen it, much less kissed it. Then she opened her mouth as wide as she could and tried to swallow it. I'd heard lots of body talk from lumberjacks and their trappers, so I knew all about blowjobs, but I'd never thought I'd be given one. She was a tall girl, very big boned, so she was able to get the head of my cock in her mouth, although it didn't go very far inside. She started stroking my shaft with her soft, large hands, lubricating everything with her saliva. As she did this, I took off my coat and shirt. I was in heaven. I felt a little surge of precum shoot into her mouth. She looked at me in surprise. Then she suddenly stood up, her eyes wide with lust, and sat on the dashboard of the sleigh. She propped her feet on the seat on either side of me. I wasn't sure what she was doing, but I just watched her, transfixed by the beautiful sight of her hair was whipping about her head as she stared at me, her face tense with excitement. Father told me to make sure you see. She pulled up her dress, slowly, revealing her beautiful, long, naked legs. Much to my delight, I discovered she wasn't wearing any underwear. I was looking right at her glorious pussy. She reached between her legs and pulled the pussy lips open to show me she that she was still a virgin. I leaned forward, ostensibly to inspect her hymen, as the preacher had insisted I do, but the instant I got close enough I had the overwhelming urge to kiss her there. I ran my hands up her thighs to grab her naked ass in my eager hands and buried my mouth between her wet lips. I tasted her sweetness and breathed in her musky scent, my nose buried in her hollyberry bush. She groaned in pleasure, shocked I think, at the sensations I was giving her. A delicious liquid began to ooze from the little hole in her hymen. I lapped it up with my tongue then played with the thin membrane of her hymen, knowing that soon it would exist no more. I sucked and kissed her virgin pussy, wanting to extend our innocence as long as possible. 
But, desperate with passion, she pushed me back, and kept pushing until we both stumbled and tumbled over the seat into the back of the sleigh. I landed on my back on my magic sack, which, though empty, did protect me from getting splinters. In a twinkling, Mary was straddling me, looking down with an almost crazy expression on her face. Then she lowered herself onto my cock in one swift move and cried out in pain as I pierced her hymen. We were no longer virgins. Mary, are you alright? Mother said it would hurt at first, she whimpered. She forced herself farther down on me, grimacing in pain, she was so damn tight. Then, when about a third of my manhood was inside her the tip pressed against the back wall of her vagina, making her yelp in pain again. She stood up and my cock popped out of her. She looked at me, her face almost frightened from the pain it had caused her. Saint Nick! I knew you were large, but... Oh, my! Mary! You're bleeding! She looked down at the trickle of blood running down her thigh. Mother said I would bleed. It's nothing. But I sat up and tenderly kissed her pussy, and wiped away the blood with a corner of my magic sack. I'm so sorry, I hurt you, Mary. No, we need to do this. Just, give me a second. She made me lie back again, as she screwed up her courage. Then she lowered herself again onto my shaft. I was about four inches thick, and it took all her effort not to scream as I penetrated her. She was so tight around me, it felt like I was ripping her open. But I saw determination in her face. She began to go up and down on me, faster and with greater ease. Then the pain on her face turned to pleasure. She smiled a large beautiful smile and began to groan. Oh! Saint Nick! Sing for me! I was always happy to take requests, even while making love, to my beautiful bride. I began to sing a traditional Bavarian slaying song. I sang with gusto. I'm always the loudest one when the caroling begins. Oh, what fun it was to sing a slaying song that night. Mary was riding herself up and down on me with more and more power, in tempo with my singing, making the bells on the side of the sleigh jingle with each thrust. Then she started singing along, laughing from time to time at the gleeful absurdity of it all. She was fucking Saint Nicholas in his sleigh, the Bavarian Alps towering all around. I stopped singing when a surge of intense pleasure hit me in the guts. I felt something powerful building up inside me, from the tips of my toes and the top of my head. And all of that power was surging down to my balls, then started galloping up my shaft to the tip. I bellowed with joy as I came inside my lovely bride. I hadn't had an orgasm since before I was transmogrified. I'd been required to swear an oath to be celibate until I was wed. I guess I had a bit of a backlog of cum from centuries of disuse, because it went on and on, gush after gush for at least two full minutes, until it was pouring out of her around my cock and across my balls and pooling up around my ass. She moaned in pleasure, having an orgasm just from the sensation of three quarts of cum shooting inside her. It was an absolutely amazing moment, made doubly wonderful because of the love I felt for this beautiful woman. As I watched Mary let down her hair in the test room, I thought. I don't love her anymore. It was a shock to realize it. But I don't think I'd loved her in ages. Oh, she was still a beautiful, sexy woman, and I was enjoying the sight of her smoking hot bod, but... I wasn't all that interested in fucking her anymore. Snowbell, on the other hand. I looked at her and I felt a tingling in my heart and in my cock. Love. If only I'd weren't a married man. I opened my arms and said, come here Snowbell. She happily hopped sideways into my lap, right on top of my growing erection, which made her giggle. 
I hugged her playfully and cuddled her up to my face, her cheek to mine. I loved the way her body wiggled as she giggled. I was trying to desexualize her by treating her like a pet. But it didn't work. I wanted Snowbelt to touch my cock again, but I resisted the urge and put her on my left knee, away from my erection. Let's just watch, Snowbell. Okay? Yes, Santa, I would love to watch with you. We looked into the test room. Mary was waiting expectantly on the fluffy bed, looking at a door on the blank white wall. The door opened and a blonde woman walked in. What the? I had no idea who she could be. The nearest Arctic station was about 20 miles away. Besides, this woman was built like a porn star. Then I realized I was seeing the life-sized sex doll. It was freakishly realistic. It was a high-quality sculpture of an actual porn star, cast out of silicone, with real human hair woven on its head and pussy. It had an articulated skeleton and realistic, fuckable openings in the mouth, pussy and anus. Freaky. A group of scantily dressed female elves were standing on each other's shoulders, manipulating the doll like a puppet, so it appeared to be walking. The doll was platinum blonde, dressed in a flimsy pink negligee, and white fishnet hose held up by a garter. It had bigger boobs than Mary. Obscenely large in fact. Its face was blank and its blue eyes empty of life. But when it moved, it came to life, it became a she. Elves are natural puppeteers. It was probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and it just got weirder. Mary looked at. I'll call her Dolly, appraisingly, as if deciding how best to use her. She reached out and squeezed Dolly's breasts with her hands. One of the elves giggled, and I realized she was voicing the part of Dolly. Mary smiled shyly, looking coquettishly at Dolly's eyes. You have very pretty breasts, said Mary, somewhat awkwardly. So do you, said Dolly, as she reached out to touch Mary's breasts. Mary arched her back lustfully and pulled the front of her shift down, exposing her beautiful mammaries to Dolly's hands. Tinsel, a beautiful blue elf, stood between Mary and Dolly, and reached up past Dolly's inanimate hands to do the touching for her. Tinsel's long delicate blue fingers fondled Mary's perfect breasts, pinching her nipples. At the same time Mary squeezed and pinched Dolly's breasts and the yells groaned, Oh, Mrs. Claus, that feels so good. This went on for a while, the two of them, or the three of them, touching each other all over. I thought Dolly was creepy, but it was wonderful to see Tinsel's blue hands fondling Mary's breasts and ass. It was naughty, but utterly erotic. I felt Snowbell's hand starting to stroke my erection through the velvet. Let's just watch, Snowbell. Okay, she singsonged, taking her hand away. But a minute later her hand was touching my erection again. That was odd. Usually you told an elf to do something and they did it. You never had to tell them twice. Never. But she was deliberately disobeying my orders. Still, it felt good, and it wasn't really like we were having sex, or so I told myself. So I let her continue. Mary kissed Dolly on the lips. Passionately. I felt a little surge of jealousy. Mary hadn't kissed me with that much passion in an elf's age. But she was kissing a hunk of petroleum byproducts like it were George Clooney. If you want to masturbate, Santa, I won't mind, said Snowbell, hugging me sweetly. Well. Why not? Just, don't touch me there, please, Snowbell. Oh. You liked the way I touched you there before. I'm married. It's naughty for me to, to have sexual relations with anyone other than Mrs. Claus. She laughed, oh, yes, I read about that silly custom on the human internet. 
I didn't know that rule applied to demigods. Actually, I didn't know either. I had just sort of assumed it. I was born a human, so I'd always figured the same rules applied to me even after I was transmogrified. Just, please Snowbell. I'm trying to be good. I understand, Santa. I won't touch. I took out my cock, and Snowbell reached between her legs and offered me a dewdrop of her magical juices. I thought I probably shouldn't, but I took it, remembering how wonderfully tingly it felt. I broke the delicate drop open against my cock and spread Snowbell's pussy juice all over. Oh, elf magic. Um. I masturbated slowly, sensuously, as I watched my beautiful wife have sex with a rubber doll. Mary tried various things with Dolly, weird approximations of lovemaking. It was strange seeing her attempting to have sex with a woman. I knew some of the sample sex toys were strap-on dildos, so I wondered why she didn't just strap one of them onto Dolly. But I soon found out. Mary got on her knees, put her head between Dolly's legs and licked and sucked her silicone vagina, either enjoying it or pretending to, while the yells made Dolly appear to writhe and moan in pleasure. Dolly pulled at Mary's hair, and Mary responded by driving her tongue insistently into Dolly's plastic pussy. Mary reached between her own legs and began fingering herself with her ass aimed right at me. Oh, Mary, my heart ached for the past, when she'd wanted me to touch her there. It was an exciting sight to masturbate to, but angering as well, because I knew that Mary wouldn't let me touch her pussy with a ten-foot pole. She'd reduced me to this pathetic voyeurism. Then Mary lay on her back, and now Dolly crawled to the floor and pushed Mary's legs wide. Tinsel crawled under Dolly's head and put her elfin mouth on Mary's vagina. I felt a surge of anger. Why does an elf get to do that but not me? Then I berated myself. What did I care? I didn't really want to do that stuff to Mary anymore. I just wanted her to want me to. But then I started wondering, these tests had been going on all week, had Mary been having sex with her elves all that time? I'd sort of assumed she was as ashamed as I was about what happened. And whenever I did see her, she and her elves seemed to be all business. This was supposed to be research testing, but this had nothing to do with a sex toy. It's not like the women receiving these presents would have a bevy of little elfin beauties eat out their pussies. It was as plain as the elf in Mary's pussy, she was cheating on me. Sure, I did it one time with Snowbell, but Mary had been doing it all week, who knows how many times. I was furious. I imagined myself breaking through the window, throwing Dolly and the yells aside and ramming my huge cock inside Mary's inconstant pussy and fucking her, in spite of her protests, shouting, Chris Kringle calls the shots around here. But of course, I'd never do that kind of thing, and the anger began to dissipate. I noticed Snowbell was staring hungrily at my cock as I stroked it. She was still perched on the edge of my thigh with my left arm around her back, but now her legs were open and she was quietly playing with her perfect little pussy, sinking her long willowy fingers deep inside herself, while fingering her clit with the other hand. I itched to reach around her back and cup her little round breast in my hand. But I refused to betray Mary even though I was watching her betray me with Dolly and Tinsel right now. Mary was moaning with pleasure. I noticed now that Tinsel had a long tongue, probably six inches long. It was pale blue and agile, like a giraffe's tongue, and whenever Tinsel went deep inside, Mary would grab Dolly's hair and shout in joy. I vaguely remembered seeing a long elf tongue centuries ago. It had grossed me out so much that I told the elves to keep their tongues in their mouths when they were in the factory, and they'd happily obliged. But now I could see Tinsel putting that long tongue to good use, probing Mary's vagina, feeling out places a cock or finger could never reach. 
Mary was writhing in ecstasy, and I was jerking myself off like there was no tomorrow. Tinsel was on her knees, and another elf, Greentree, reached over and lifted the back of Tinsel's robe and sunk her fingers into Tinsel's shimmering pussy. Fuck, that. Was hot. I felt my balls tingling. Then I noticed it was Snowbell's foot. She'd bent it back and was now tickling my balls with her long, agile toes as she masturbated herself. I wanted to tell her to stop, but I didn't. I looked down at her beautiful aqua body, which was flickering with pale magenta flashes in her glittery skin. She was fingering herself and her little baseball-sized breasts were bouncing around under the flimsy teddy. I didn't know where to look, at Green Tree touching Tinsel's pussy, or Tinsel going down on Mary's pussy, or Snowbell fingering her own. I felt a surge that told me I was going to come any second now, but I stopped rubbing my cock just in time to stop my orgasm. Are you okay, Santa? asked Snowbell. I'm okay, just trying not to, you know. Oh, good idea, Santa. You should never waste it unless you plan to anoint someone. You can anoint me, if you like. She was looking up at me, for long fingers inside her vagina, smiling, hoping I would say yes. The bell between her legs was jingling like crazy as she finger-fucked herself. Our eyes were locked when she came, emitting a high-pitched squeal of pleasure. It was like looking into eternity, she was so ancient, yet so pure and full of love. When she came, her toes squeezed my balls in a powerful reflex. It's a good thing I'm Santa, or it could have hurt me. But my balls aren't delicate little Christmas ornaments. Snowbell, humming in pleasure after her orgasm had passed, reached over casually and wrapped her hand around my naked cock and began to stroke me with her juice-covered fingers. It felt so good, but I needed to stop her. Whatever else may happen, I didn't want Mary to ever find out I had cheated on her. But then. I began to wonder again why Snowbell had disobeyed my orders not to touch me. With a sudden flash of realization, I remembered that she wasn't my elf. She was Mary's elf. Duh. No wonder she wasn't following my orders. I took her hand off my cock and calmly asked her, did you tell Mrs. Claus what you and I did the other day? Snowbell, still in a post-orgasmic state, answered woozily, oh yes, Santa. I tell the mistress everything. I should have known, but Mary hadn't shown any sign of anger at all. Actually she'd been more pleasant to me lately than she'd been in years. Snowbell continued, she told me to make you happy, Santa. I was happy to do it. I love Santa. His cum tastes like nutmeg. So, it was Mary's idea for Snowbell to, what? Seduce me? Why? Then I knew why. It was so I wouldn't complain about what she was doing right now. If I could cheat, so could she. Mary's moans of pleasure developed into a powerful orgasm, even more insistent and amazing than any of the previous ones. Tinsel's long tongue was really going to town on Mary's pussy now. Dolly was reaching up, and the yells were pinching and twisting Mary's tits for Dolly. Strangely, I didn't feel mad. Because, it was obvious. Mary didn't love me either. To be continued. By C.B. Summers for Literotica. Thanks for joining us for today's steamy story. Come back tomorrow for another tale of explicit romance and passion. We hope you found pleasure in today's story. Be sure to subscribe to Steamy Stories Podcast in your mobile podcasting app. Our podcast server and website also contains our full library of past episodes. Happy dreams.